0: Hi I'm Emma and I'm Helena and we both work at the MS Trust. Just a little disclaimer we're recording this over Zoom uh, because of coronavirus and social distancing so apologies if the sound is a bit iffy at any stage. Please do bear with us.
1: We'd like to welcome you to our podcast called Multiple Sclerosis Breaking It Down and this new series that we've called Me, MS Self and I which focuses on people with MS stories over the past year. So why this topic? Well, the last 12 months have been unlike any other in so many ways. On top of the social restrictions, worries about job security and the health of family and friends, people with MS have also had to contend with the delays to MS services they rely upon. The MS Trust wants to highlight the people and faces behind these statistics. And we want to impress the urgent need to get MS services back on track by showing that there's a human story behind each person mentioned in these numbers.
0: So in this series, we'll be meeting some people with MS and hearing their stories from the past year. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about what it feels like to start a new job during lockdown. <clears throat> we'll be chatting to Amy and her life with Emma's during the past w- year. But starting of starting a new job during lockdown, that's what you did, Emma. <laughs> that must have been a bit weird. Yes,
1: I guess it was a bit of an unusual experience, not something, say, a couple of years ago you'd have imagined doing um but yeah as you mentioned we talked to amy in this podcast and i actually started on the same day as her so um i think that sort of played in my favor a little bit it was quite nice in that um there were a couple of us starting on the same day so you didn't feel like the only new person which was really good um and then obviously everyone at the trust has been really welcoming so um with you know technology allowing it's been quite helpful being able to do things like Zoom calls um, and have yeah these meetings over over Zoom and Microsoft teams and platforms like that, which is really helpful
0: definitely. Yeah, I think uh, we were all really worried that you sort of end up feeling lonely or, you know, just because when you start a new job, you, there's so much full on kind of you know, inductions and talking to all people and seeing things. And you always worry when you see somebody who's new started sort of sitting around not having anything to do, but you worry that that would happen when when when, when people do it sort of virtually. But we've kept you fairly busy, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a good amount of things to be getting on with and. Um, Yeah, so no, it's been a really enjoyable experience. And I think it's that balance of getting um, the work, but the social side as well and getting to Mm. know people, which can be challenging um, when you're working remotely. But again, I think people have been really good with that and made sort of an extra effort because they do understand that it's quite challenging.
0: Yeah. And I think it does make a lot of difference to have the sort of Zoom calls and stuff rather than just emails, because I always find it hard. Sometimes in the past, you could have long email conversations with people for years, but you've never met them. You have no idea what they look like. And it's seeing people, it makes a big difference, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you sort of get this image in your head of what someone's going to be like. And then if you leave it too long and they're completely different, it's almost like, Introducing yourself all over again. So I think the helps with that, yeah, the visual side of it. I think I don't think we realize quite how much as humans we rely upon that visual sort of aspect of things.
0: Shall we have a little listen how it was for Amy?
1: Yeah, that sounds great.
0: Me today is Amy, who happens to be one of my new colleagues. Amy joined the MS Trust last year, in the middle of the corona strangeness. Uh, I'd actually heard of Amy before she joined us, as I knew she was running a Facebook group for young people with MS, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later. Hi, Amy. Hi,
2: Helena. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Can you tell yes, us a little bit
0: about yourself?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm I'm Amy. Um, I am 23, very nearly 24. Um, And as you said, I've just started, well, four months ago now um, at the MS Trust as fundraising officer. Um, So that was in December 2020. Um, And yeah, I also run a young person support group, which, as you said, we'll talk about later. Um, And I also have a blog as well, where I talk about MS and other invisible illnesses as well.
0: Great stuff. Let's talk about MS. Let's talk about your diagnosis, because you were diagnosed really young, weren't you?
2: Yeah, so I was diagnosed with relapse and remitting MS um, in 2018, and it was just after my 21st birthday. Um, So, yeah, really young um, considering. Um, My diagnosis story itself is a bit of a funny one. Um, So I was actually living in Paris at the time. Um, and one day I noticed a numb feeling in my left leg um, but I couldn't really explain it to anyone. I just kept saying like my left leg feels really weird, I can't explain it Um, and I tried to ignore it as you do for a few days um, but it gradually got worse over um, about three days and then I decided I probably needed to go and see a doctor. (laughs) Um, So during this time as well I was experiencing like Lack of coordination, poor balance, um, literally couldn't walk in a straight line, really had to think about walking. Um, So I went to the doctor and I explained all of this. um, And he said that he thought it was nothing to worry about and it was probably a trapped nerve. Um, But he sent me through a blood test and a CT scan just to kind of check everything was all right. And they both came back clear. So he thought everything was fine. And then over the next week or so, my left arm then went numb um and I had like pins and needles in my left arm um so I went back to the doctor and I said look I still don't think things are right um I really want this looking into more and he said that he thought that I was bringing on the new symptoms because I was anxious um yeah so I asked him outright I said do you think it could be MS because I've done a lot of googling and you know it was one of the first things that came up yeah Um, and everything was kind of pointing to that with my symptoms and he just said no because I was too young and um, I had no family history of it so I was like okay well that's good good news I suppose Um, but I still would like it to be looked into a little bit more and he said he would send me for an MRI scan just to give me peace of mind (laughs) so um, a few weeks later I went for my MRI scan um, and in France because it's completely different obviously to here they just handed me a book uh, which had all my like scan photos in and it also had like a cd um, and I could kind of see on the images that there were like little white dots but I obviously didn't know what that meant um and the people doing the scan, they said, um, right, you've got some areas of inflammation, um, but you now need to make an appointment with a neurologist. So I was like, okay, fine. Still thinking it's not going to be MS. Um, it'll just be something else. Um, and then I decided to fly back to the UK because it had all been a bit, just not a very pleasant experience. Yeah. And it was quite hard, obviously, because the language barrier and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I flew back, booked an appointment with a neurologist. I went private just because I wanted it done quickly. Um, And it was really quick. I got an appointment within about a month. Um, And, yeah, the neurologist just took one look at this booklet that I had um, and diagnosed me. Um, Wow. So, yeah, it was a really weird experience. It was really quick. It was over about three months in total so it was really really quick compared to a lot of people Yeah. Um, but yeah strange experience It must have been I mean it makes you wonder a little
0: bit like how what um stats and things around MS they have in France because I think I mean obviously before people used to think older people but I mean a lot of people are diagnosed in their 20s so considering it wouldn't be well who knows
2: but yeah uh, anyway. yeah
0: How did you feel when you found out? I mean, did you you know much about MS beforehand?
2: No. So obviously I'd I'd done a bit of research after I kind of Googled and it said potentially could be MS. Um, And when I first saw that, I remember it coming up in like, you know, on like the symptom, you can put in all your symptoms and it comes up with a few different conditions. And I remember seeing it and it was like 85% chance that it could be there. So oh, okay. I wouldn't recommend doing that. Yeah, <laughs> <But> no, <God. laughs> Just go to the doctor. But um, I remember seeing it and I just thought, well, it, it can't be. Because all I'd ever known up until that point was, you know, older people. Like mm. I think my friend might have had it or someone saying that their nan had it at school. Um I didn't know anything about it. I thought that it meant that you would be in a wheelchair
0: mm.
2: like full stop. Um and yeah, I had no idea. And obviously I was I was still really shocked when I was told um because the doctor telling me he didn't think it could be that. So yeah, I was I was shocked, but I had almost kind of got my head round it by the point that I was diagnosed because I had been researching so much. Mm. Which, again, might not be the best thing to do, but it did make it easier when I, like, sat in that room and they said, this is what it is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know anything about it. I did think it was an older person's illness. I didn't know anyone younger. Yeah. I'd never heard of that. So, so yeah, it was it was a big shock.
0: I think when I was diagnosed, I was 29 and I was also quite shocked about being sort of, because my granddad had it, but then, you know, he was an old, old person. I, well, certainly when I was 29, he felt like an old, an old person. <laughs> but um, um yeah, so, so I didn't really know that and then when you actually look at the statistics where they say sort of women tend to be a lot of women and in their 20s to 30s so you kind of think oh hang on that's me I'm smack bang in the middle of that (laughs) but I did really not know those stats before I was diagnosed myself so it's uh...
2: no I think you you never really know about anything until it actually affects you like any sort of illness you don't really know much about just generally so yeah it's it's really interesting now knowing what I know about MS compared to when I first found out it's so mm. different like how I think about it and everything now.
0: And I suppose that's why things like MS Awareness Week and, and doing a lot of work online and, and the MS Trust you know trying to reach out to many people to explain that actually it is not just an old but I mean obviously yeah. old people have it as well but I mean you see a lot of paediatric cases of MS now as well. So mm-hmm. do you think that um, when you sort of think back that you had any symptoms before you were diagnosed?
2: Yeah, so this is something I've thought about probably over the last, like, two years. Um, and I've, I realised there were a few tiny things, but you literally just don't think about them mm. until you kind of start piecing things together. Um, but there was a time probably two years before I was diagnosed where I had a numb finger, just one finger. Yeah. Um, and I remember for ages just thinking it was like an infection or something, but there wasn't anything visible. Yeah. So I was like, how can it be an infection? Um, and I just, I ignored it. I sh- probably should have gone to the, the doctors at the time, but I just thought it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, but looking back, I think that was, it was on my left, um hands so again it kind of ties in and then there was a another time I think about a year or a few months before my actual diagnosis um and like the bottom of my spine towards the left that was also numb oh. um so yeah again I think there were definitely little signs but when it's like little things that don't really bother you Like I just thought, oh, that's a bit of a weird feeling, and I just didn't really look into
0: it too much, and then it kind of went away. So, yeah, I think that rings the truth with a lot of people's stories because once you, a lot, I had numb foot um, when my Mm. first symptoms started happening, and I just thought I'd done something stupid. I mean, I had like trapped nerve or I pulled something when I was at the gym and and things. So it wasn't like until other things started sort of to happen too that because you just accept that sometimes the body does weird things but um, yeah. yeah well I mean S has got so many strange symptoms what what sort of symptoms are you mostly experiencing
2: um so on a like a day-to-day basis I would say that I am very lucky and I don't really have any daily symptoms other than fatigue um mm. <laughs> my fatigue is terrible at the moment. Um, don't really know why specifically at the moment I'd say the past year it's been quite bad as well um and I'd say I've I've had fatigue for years um and I also have something called pernicious anemia which also causes fatigue um so yeah it's hard to know where it comes from yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um so yeah I'm tired all the time um but I've just learned to kind of stop when I need to stop and yeah and take rest when I need to take rest, um, which is hard because I like to be busy yeah. and I like to be doing stuff. Um, so that's my biggest symptom. And then when I so say if I have a really bad night's sleep or um, I've done too much the day before um, or sometimes like after I've exercised, I'll get a few of my old symptoms flare up. So like I'll get the pins and needles in my <laughs> arm or I'll get like a numb finger or my leg will be a bit slower than normal um so yeah just that's basically a, um with my symptoms at the moment so i think yeah that i'm um, i am very, i do feel very lucky because i know that people do have a lot more on a daily basis
0: um fatigue i mean and, and you mentioned the past year uh, let's talk about lockdown <laughs> how how has it been i mean obviously there's been good things because you you came and joined us which we're very happy about (laughs) but tell us tell us about your um your past year how how was it
2: yeah it's been a really crazy year I think I've really looked back at it um over the last you know week or so because it's been the year since the kind of year anniversary Mm. um but yeah so it kind of this time last year um for me, I was probably feeling the best I've ever felt. Um, I was working full time at my job at the time. I was on my feet um, for like eight hours a day. And then I was also training for a marathon um, like in my evenings and on my days off. And I honestly have never felt healthier and fitter and just generally better. Um, and so I went from that to then... I I got an injury basically just before lockdown, which was really annoying. Um, So I then had to stop my running. And then I also got um, put on furlough. So I went from literally doing everything to doing nothing. (laughs) Um, And I think my body was just a bit like, what is happening? What are you doing? Um, And then symptoms started to flare up. And um, yeah, I just then started to feel really rubbish like Mm. mentally physically um I was on furlough in the end for four months um which some people I think enjoyed but I hated it yeah um it just took all my motivation um yeah I I just really didn't enjoy any part of it obviously couldn't see friends couldn't see family Mm. um yeah so I'd say the first like four months were difficult um and then I managed to get i got made redundant like the end of summer then I managed to get a new job um in recruitment, which it was okay it, you know m- maybe do something um it, it kept me busy, which was good um and then I kept applying for jobs because I knew i' kind of want to do something a bit different and then thankfully I came across the MS Trust job um and yeah so it's it's kind of done a bit of a 360 like it started off quite rubbish but Mm -hmm. it ended up being actually quite a good year for me um I moved out of I was living in in Manchester City Centre with a friend um this time last year and because I was so uncertain about like my financial situation and my job and everything I decided to move out so I moved back home with my mum which I never thought I would do um I thought I was out for good I thought I was just you know gonna do my own thing now um so that was really hard as well um but now I've stayed at home um and now I'm looking at well I've put an offer in for a flat so I'm gonna be buying my own yeah so a lot of good things Mm. now have come out of it and it's given me a lot of time to really focus on what I want to do. Um it's given me a lot of time to focus on my support group, um my blog, things like that and really like focus on things that I want to do and like where I want to be this time next year. Um yeah it hasn't all been bad but there has obviously been hard times like for anyone
0: do you find then running support group um that that's sort of as helpful when when you're feeling a bit low yourself
2: definitely yeah so the reason why I set it up was because when I was diagnosed I just couldn't find I found lots of different support out there but I didn't find anything specifically for young people and I felt like I really needed that. I really needed people that I could relate to that were kind of going through the same things as me, that were in like the same place in their life mm. as me. Um, so that's why I set up the group. And, and it was it's all, it was almost like not a selfish thing, but it was to help. It was because I needed it. So I was like, I'm going to do that because that will help me. Yeah. Um, and now it's amazing, like any worries that I have or any questions that I have, I put them to the group and the group's always there. Um, and it's just it's just really nice to know that there's, to just hear other people's stories yeah. as well and know that they're also going through very similar things, if not the same things. Um, yeah, it's been a massive help definitely over the last year as well. Yeah, I
0: found because I'm one of the moderators of the um, the MS Trust Facebook group. And obviously that's how I, heard, I had heard about you, because I saw you posting about your group in there and they, everybody thought it was such a great idea to have a, a group for younger people. Because the MS Trust group, that's a huge group. I mean, it's about 12,000 members. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I did find like when I, cause I was furloughed as well, um, but I was still keeping an eye on the, on the group, not working, but like as a participant, which was quite interesting to sort of be yeah. on the other side. Um, but yeah, just the idea of like other people going through the same, same sort of thing. And I, I found, I think that kind of daily exercise that you miss from just walking into work or doing, you know, doing things really got, got to a lot of people. And I think a lot of people just felt quite I mean everybody was feeling down the whole nation was feeling quite down but um I think like the 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 sort of fatigue could get really 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 hard to deal with and I I was the same uh because I was when up up to when I was working being super active and I was also running and doing all these things so when I was furloughed I just kept up the running and I think that was almost what got me through furlough I think had I been injured I probably would have been you know just sat in a corner and not really been very happy at all so um yeah do you are you back to running now
2: um, uh, well I went on my first run for quite a while uh, the other day and I was quite poorly a few weeks ago with something unrelated but it flared up a lot of my MS symptoms mm. and I don't think it's helped with my fatigue and stuff so after that run it took me about four days to get back yeah. to normal um, so I've decided to kind of take things a bit slower. Um but yeah, it's something that made me feel so much better. Um and again it's something I feel really lucky to be able to do yeah. having MS. So I feel like because I can do it, you know, hopefully when I'm feeling a bit stronger and stuff, I I want to do it. I want to, you know, mm. be able to let my body run while it while I can. Yeah.
0: I I used to always Feel when I was out, sort of running, and and I would think about some of the people in the in the in the group and what they were going through, and it sort of it powered me through my runs because I yeah. I, was, I felt like well I it is a privilege to be able to run, <laughs> and it was um, yeah no it does help. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people have had it as a kind of really negative experience. Lockdown. What do you think? I mean, obviously being on furlough, you said was hard, but was that the sort of the the hardest part for you or
2: um yeah so I think definitely I I would say those first few months were mm. the hardest part. Um I think for most people those were probably the hardest part because no one really knew what they were doing. Mm. Um you know it was all quite scary obviously it's still very scary it's still ongoing but it was so scary back then I remember just being terrified of like even leaving the house. Mm. Um, and yeah, so those those first few months were, were really, really hard. Um, and then obviously just the whole year. So I've got, um, a baby niece who she was one at Christmas. So it was really hard not being able to see her very often. Um, and yeah just not being able to see my friends I'm used to just being able to go and like pop for a walk see my yeah. friends um so those were were yeah all of that was very difficult but I mean everyone was in the same situation mm. so I think knowing that you kind of knew that it wasn't just you um and like having to move back home as I said that was really yeah. hard um because I'm I would say I'm very independent and I always have been. And like, as I I said before, like I've lived in, in Paris, like I don't, I'm not used to being Mm. around my family all the time. Um, So yeah, that was really hard, but there, there have been loads of positives as well. Like I kind of touched on like being able to start this job remotely, although it's been difficult and there's been like challenges starting the new job. Um, I feel really lucky that I've been able to start remotely and work from home and obviously I'm based in Manchester so the job, the the office is in Letchworth Um, and I just think if it wasn't for the pandemic maybe they would need someone that was based in Letchworth and if I wasn't maybe willing to relocate I wouldn't have even been able to apply for this job. So I think it's it's definitely opened up doors that yeah. might not have been open otherwise. And also as much as I hated the time that I was on furlough, as I said before, it gave me the time to focus on things that it made me realise what I wanted to do as like a, a job. Yeah. Um, it, like it made me have a complete career change. Um, so before I was working retail and um, recruitment and then completely changed and moved to the charity sector because I realized that's definitely more what I want to do I want to give something back and then it gave me time to focus on my support group I grew my support group loads over over the summer and and yeah so there, there were loads of positives
0: but it must have been quite strange starting a new job though because you you started the other one as well didn't you the the job you had before the emma's trust one during uh yeah
2: so yeah I've done it twice now (laughs) I'm I'm a pro um yeah so I started that job and that was a lot of like calling people on on the phone again that was something that I'd never done before Mm. um but I just kind of needed a job and that was the first one that I was offered so I was like yeah let's go for this one yeah um and yeah that was completely out of my comfort zone really weird again being like working from home but yeah it, it is good in a, in a lot of ways because you know I, I don't have a commute no one has a commute anymore well some people do but yeah. I don't have to commute. and ha- like dealing with things like fatigue not having a commute is massive you know it gives you yeah. So much, oh yeah it gives me an extra half an hour hour in bed that yeah. I wouldn't have otherwise and that's like invaluable to someone with MS that really badly suffers from fatigue so all of that is is a massive positive um starting a job in lockdown um very interesting
0: to sort of see how the world changes around recruitment and 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 things like that like you said you're you're not local to to letchworth but it's about finding the right person rather than a person who happens to be in the right location and i really hope that more and more companies will do you know consider a remote working for the long run because that would mean a huge deal for for people with um with ms you know or other you know other uh, conditions that would maybe keep you from applying for jobs sort of further away from where you you live so yeah
2: it's a massive benefit and you know it it will open doors for people that perhaps if they you know because there's loads of jobs like in london maybe not right now but you know there's loads and loads of jobs um in lots of different sectors down there and if you don't want to live in london before now you couldn't apply for a job in london but Uh, Yeah, I think it will definitely benefit. It should benefit a lot of people because everyone's proven that you can work from home and you still do what you need to do. Yeah. No, I mean, it has been amazing.
0: I think from when lockdown happened and all the Emma's Trust had to sort of start working from home, it, it went very quickly. They got set up very quickly and we were all sort of on teams and we were doing things. And now it's become the new normal because it's been going for a year. So it's <laughs> it's bizarre. But it's still quite strange to think that I've never met you in person. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> It is, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's the only word there.
0: Uh, you're just like a head so you do have no idea like you yeah. might be super tall or like really short <laughs> no idea. <laughs> so it'd be really nice to actually do meet you in person once we get get allowed to do so yeah definitely. Um, so obviously this week was um the lowering of of the kind of rules that have been and and we're slowly coming out of lockdown what are you looking forward to what what
2: Lots of things but really like little simple things I think that's one of the positives that I think everyone can probably take from lockdown but I think now we all appreciate the little things in life a lot more than we did um for me it's it's things like literally just being able to go out for a meal because it's one of my favorite things to do um to go out for a nice meal um to meet my friends again, um, you know, to be able to just see my family all the time, yeah. just to hug people. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is just the little things. Um, and, yeah, just getting back to some sort of normality. I don't think it's going to be normal, no. like normal, normal life for a long time, but just even those little things are going to make such a difference. And I don't think anyone will ever take them for granted again. Well, I hope not.
0: <laughs> How has your contact been with like uh, MS nurses or your MS team? Has, has that worked during lockdown?
2: Um, it hasn't been great. Um, so during the first lockdown, I thought I was having a relapse quite early on. Um, I think it was just after I kind of stopped everything mm. and my body was just a bit like, what's yeah. going on? Um, and I got in touch with my MS team uh, just to get some advice and kind of see if I needed to do anything. Um, and they just didn't get back to me. Um, so I I called again like a few weeks later, even though my symptoms then had gone. Um, and then about two weeks after that, I heard back from them and they were helpful. Um, they obviously then couldn't really tell me to do anything because it had already happened um but they booked me in for an MRI scan um so that was all arranged um and thankfully it didn't turn out to be a relapse so it was fine in the Mm. end but yeah that was quite difficult because I felt like it was quite a long time to go without answers and I felt a bit like I don't know what I should be doing I don't know if I should just literally lie in bed and try and rest or I, I just really didn't know what to do um yeah so that was that was hard um and then I had my annual appointment with my consultant on FaceTime so that was that was weird but you know it was did you have to do the um the test
0: where you you didn't push obviously you can't push anything no,
2: anything. (laughs) no so it was just it that was a bit I felt like I didn't get as much out of it yeah. as I normally would because he just asked me a few things and then I answered yeah. and that was it. Um, but again, you know, there weren't, ma- there weren't any like major concerns from my point of view. Yeah. So it, it was okay that that happened. Um, but I imagine that would be quite frustrating for someone that maybe needed a bit yeah. more support Um and what else? Yeah, I just think in general, like there's, there's been a few times where I've needed to call my MS nurse, and then they haven't got back for quite a long time. Um, but like, I, it is understandable, and like yeah. we all know why. We like, I don't feel angry about it. It's just, it's just a shame, really, that there's like we don't have more um, MS nurses. Yeah. And, Yeah, it's just, it's just a shame more than anything. But I think they've done what they can. And, you know, thankfully, I haven't needed any more support than I've, than I've been given. So it hasn't been too bad. Um, But it's just been slower than normal. And I think we certainly heard about that in the first wave,
0: um, how a lot of MS nurses got redeployed elsewhere. So I think more of them have got sort of got back, but I think it's still been a tricky situation. And I guess you you and I got a job where you're fighting for um, more MS nurses in post.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I have actually spoken to some MS nurses recently after I was um, poorly the other week. And they were amazing. Like they've been really good. So I think everything is slowly, yeah, slowly getting back to normal.
0: But yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It must have been frustrating for them as well to sort of be pulled off yeah. to do completely different things. And I think, I mean, the NHS in my my personal experience during the year have been amazing in the way that how oh, yeah. what they pull. I mean, the whole vaccine program and everything has gone gone so fantastically well really how fast it's gone but 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 yeah it's it's really worrying when you do hear of people who who sort of got mobility issues and things because you can't really like you say you can do some bits of ddss check on a camera because you could walk up and down and stand on one leg and stuff but you couldn't do the pushing thing because they can't feel the power in your arms so
2: so it's um yeah Yeah. and i think for people trying to get diagnosed as well I've, I've heard a lot of stories of, of people coming to my group and saying I just it it took so long like mm. and I've had a lot of people get in touch with me as well um to say that they they're just not getting diagnosed and the, the doctors and everything keep saying we're pretty sure it's MS but we just can't get you an appointment to officially diagnose it yet yes. um so that must be really yeah. really hard yes. as well.
0: You need to tell us um, how people can find
2: your both your blog and your group. Yes. um, So my blog. Well, it's www.butyoudontlookill.com. That's the the blog website. Um, And then it's But You Don't Look Ill on Instagram and then the group. So again, on Instagram, it's MS Together Official. Um, And on Facebook, I think if you type in MS Together Official as well, you'll find us. Um, and you can just request to join on there. Fantastic. And obviously, I w- would be s- silly not to point out that you
0: can come and join the MS Trust Facebook group as well. Of oh, course. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you search for uh, Multiple Sclerosis Trust uh, on Facebook, you'll find us there. Yeah, no, I, I think the, the online community has been amazing during the whole yeah. thing. I think it's been so much support. And I mean, there's been... I suppose there's a lot of fear and, and, and fake news and things like that that's been flying around. So then it's quite nice to have these groups that actually do pull out the, you know, the, the proper facts <laughs> and yeah. what is really going on because a lot of people do get very worried. when Because you were saying about going and kind of talking to Dr. Google when you first experience symptoms. And I think we're all guilty of that at some point, but um, it's not always the, <laughs> the best no, approach, I would. So. I would not recommend... <laughs> no no i wouldn't either i think yeah give give the ms trust a call or you know yeah. talk to another ms organization that's got information but yeah we're always here to to chat to you even if you if not just for people who have ms but people who who are experiencing weird symptoms and and things yeah. Yeah. because there certainly is a lot of different symptoms in ms
2: <laughs> lots and lots <laughs> Well, thank you so much for talking to us today, Amy. Thank you for having me.
0: And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person one day.
2: Yeah, fingers crossed it's not too long.
0: Now, if this was a commercial podcast, here is where there would be an advert. But as we're a charity, we don't do that. So instead, we'd like to take this opportunity to tell you all about our fantastic resources for people with MS. Our website, which is www.mstrust.org.uk,
1: has tons of information and resources for people affected by multiple sclerosis.
0: And if you're wanting to find out more about working life and MS, there's a section on our website under Life with MS. And we're back. Right. How do you feel um, Amy's story was compared to yours starting a new job?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I think obviously the experiences simply of starting a new role were very similar Mm. um obviously I haven't had quite the same journey as she has had yeah um but yeah as I mentioned earlier obviously it's been nice to have that comparison and have um someone there in a similar position to bounce these sort of new feelings off of
0: yeah, I feel we were very lucky to get both of you two starting at the same time as well, because um, you've both been so lovely and easy to work with, which has been really nice. And uh, as another person with MS, I've I felt it was really nice when Amy came and joined us as well. And I'm so impressed all about the work that she's been doing with the, the group um, as well for the newly diagnosed and um, sorry the, the young people with MS uh, um, because I feel like having looked after our Facebook group for a long time, um, young people often find that there's it's hard to sort of talk, find people that are in the same situation as yourself because a lot of centres and things like that have got sort of older people at them. So I, I really feel like she's um, done some great work there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's a really brilliant thing to do. And um, As you mentioned, there's not necessarily always um, that, space for people uh, younger people with ms to have the connections that they might like to even though it obviously um is a condition that affects more younger people potentially than than older there's not always that platform for them to have these discussions and talk about just things like you know that affect young people as well it doesn't have to be multiple sclerosis based
0: yeah no definitely and yeah there's a lot of friendships that's made in those type of groups without I mean, you join them because you have MS, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's why you become friends <laughs> with people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's good to have some support. And especially when you're talking about things like working life, because I, I do know for our own Facebook group that there is a lot of work-related questions and there could be you know things like, just small adjustments and things that you could, could ask, you know, if, if people have got issues with going to the toilet a lot, could you ask, you know, like, how do you approach your boss to ask, could I sit closer to the door? I mean, there's there could be simple things that can be done, but sometimes it's quite hard to approach the subject. So it is helpful to have someone to sort of bounce off the ideas, um, just to how to approach it. Um, I think maybe we should talk a little bit about the subject of disclosure. Obviously, for myself and for uh, Amy, starting a new a, a job at the MS Trust, you, it wouldn't really be an issue to talk about MS. But I do see this topic sort of come up now and again in the Facebook group. And do you have to tell your employer if you have MS is, is the question a lot of people ask. And the answer in most cases is that you don't. Uh, Jobs where you have to tell your employer include things like being in the armed forces or driving heavy goods vehicle where the health and safety, well, there's health and safety considerations. Um, But there's a lot other things to consider, of course, if, if having MS may impact on your work. Uh, You might need a bit more support and it might actually be beneficial for you to let your employer know. Uh, Like we were saying about, you know, being asked to move closer to the toilet. That's like one of the things where you can get some of these adjustments made for you. And um, under the Equality Act, um, employers, uh, all employers must make reasonable adjustments for people, um, for employees with MS. And that includes like being ensuring more regular breaks, allowing time off for medical appointments, uh, and providing parking space closer to the entrance if you've got problems with like uh, mobility or fatigue.
1: That's really good to know because I think, as you've mentioned on our, especially, especially on our Facebook group, there's been quite a lot of these sort of questions where people don't really know their rights when it comes to things mm. um, like employment. So definitely a useful thing to make note of. Um, before you worked with the MS Trust, Helena, did you tell your previous employer about your multiple sclerosis?
0: I did. Um, in my previous job, I had to take off a fair chunk of time to go to like hospital appointments uh, as, as I was going through my diagnosis, um, and I was sort of in my late twenties. And I, I suspect a lot of people thought that I might be pregnant. You know, when uh, <laughs> off that age and running to the hospital, people were kind of wondering what was going on um and I had a really nice and understanding manager uh, so I really wanted to let him know what was going on um and so he never he never asked me about it he sort of he was very fine like to let me get on with whatever I was getting on with um, but when he I told him he sort of advised me to talk to HR and uh, I sort of spoke to them on the same day as I was diagnosed, I think. Uh, and they were actually really helpful. So they got me to see like an occupational therapist to sort out my desk to make sure that I was you know sitting correctly. Um, and then they also allowed me to work from home Um, a few days a week and you know this was like back in 2007 so it's not like now when when we all have to work from home but so it wasn't very common so they were actually very good so um, for me it was actually a really positive experience but I've heard some bad stories about people sort of coming out about their MS diagnosis at work too.
1: That's a real shame that there's you know some people are having um, a difficult time with this but obviously please remember that we've got some really great resources on our website. Um, And they can help you talk to your employer and explain your your MS to them if you need to. Um, Our information team are always happy to receive questions from employers and employees as well who want to know more about MS.
0: Mm. And like I said, I've heard a lot of bad experience where people with MS have in the past have to give up work before they necessarily wanted to, just because they were not able to have flexible working arrangements. But now, in two, you know, during 2020, we really proved that flexible working can actually be really productive. Um, so bosses are a lot more open to it, I think, Um And if flexible working becomes a part of culture, I think it would really help everyone with disabilities or, you know, fatigue and things like that to stay in work and stay productive. So, you know, fingers crossed that we actually really learn something from this.
1: Um, So just remember that if you've got any questions about MS or any work related questions as well relating to MS... Um, our inquiry service is available Monday to Friday except from UK bank holidays and that's 9am to 5pm outside of these hours you're welcome to leave us
0: a message and we'll get back to
1: you as soon as possible
0: you can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Instagram and you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google and Apple Podcast and Amazon Music Uh, get in touch and as they say, like and subscribe thanks for chatting to me today Emma thank you and we would also like to say a big thank you to Anne Chapman Audio for providing us with this podcast theme, Jim.